Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your co-host, Linz, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Savi. Hello. And before we start unpacking the roller coaster of emotions that was episode six of Andor, um, I just want to mention that this week I went on Kessel Run Relay. It's a podcast. If you haven't heard of it, you can find it on Spotify and I believe Apple Podcast as well. Can't remember. I think so. And um, it's hosted by three lovely human beings um and we had a wonderful time uh talking about episode five of um andor so if you would like to check that out you can head over to kessel run relay on twitter um but yeah it was super fun and i hope that we get to collaborate uh with them again maybe both of us a crossover episode yes uh that would be awesome stardust relay or kessel run records i like both yes both have nice rings to them. <laughs> they do. They do. And uh, Savi went on as well a couple episodes back for them. So we've both been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out. Let's get into it then. Um, what did you... Okay. Just blanket <laughs> feelings. <laughs> Your blanket feelings for the episode. Um, well, you know, but... <laughs> I do I'll know. Say it, I'll say it anyways. Uh, at first, I was pretty distraught. <laughs> Um, I felt badly. I felt like betrayed and angry and sad and basically like basically like pretty negative emotions, not towards the episode, obviously, because it was probably some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. I don't know about you or the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was um <laughs> I was pretty heartbroken. I I originally had described it as like having like a bad taste in my mouth like leaving it but I think that like it wasn't supposed to make me make anybody feel warm and fuzzy so I think I think that those were pretty normal emotions what about you I'm pretty much right there with you um (laughs) it it very much felt like like an old um like World War II movie uh like uh, wow. I think it's the Dirty Dozen. Or like um, Glory. Well, that's yes. not World War II. That's the Civil War. But yes, but <laughs> yeah, like it gave me that kind of classic, you're going on a mission. Some of them are not going to make it kind of yeah. vibe to it. And I actually, I love that because it's not, too, it wasn't too heavy handed with that um, mm-hmm. feeling, but it was definitely there. And I love that kind of callback to, um, I guess, just that kind of um vibe I suppose yeah Um, because some some other like the original series all or trilogy also had um some of those kind of vibes so that's kind of cool that they incorporated that I wonder if Susanna White if that was her hand because she's she's directed movies like uh our kind of traitor and then that one movie with Jessica Chastain which I think is like a like a what is that called a wild west film so I I I do think that 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 was maybe her she also did Jane Eyre okay oh really yeah I wonder if oh yeah wow we got some (laughs) a-listers in my mind this uh arc was great I thought it was a great way to close it um and well we could talk about that ending because that really threw me in for a loop 
I uh, was really shocked about well, because I had forgotten about the clip in the trailer where it shows Cassian like shooting in the uh, cornfield, like the Star Wars equivalent to a yes. cornfield. <laughs> yes. But, and I had forgotten about that. So Skeen doing that really threw me off guard. But then it made so much sense thinking about it again because of all the moments in episode episodes four and five when he basically was like untrustworthy of Cassian and like making a like a scene essentially of like going through his stuff and like getting the sky kyber off his neck just basically making him seem like he was the one that was kind of the the bad apple but it was him the whole time exactly i was gonna bring that same point up because yeah <laughs> he definitely kind of is like pointing the finger at cassian but really all along it all those things that he was accusing Cassian of really was the reflection of himself yeah which which is, uh, which brings me to like bring up like which keeps coming up in these episodes which I think will continue to keep coming up is like Cassian's um observant like uh, uh um observing skills because in, in episode five he was like he said something where he was like don't pull me into this or something like that and I was like wow he he might have not caught like the betrayal from the get-go but he caught like that same type of like the turning. don't use me as your excuse kind of thing there we go yeah I, yeah he's I... no crazy. no yeah <laughs> I know I I loved that I loved that um just the different layers and and I know like in some ways maybe people I know some people like saw it coming or um, thought mm -hmm. that it could happen but I love that it really kept us guessing even up to the end so that yeah. even when he did betray them all in the end mm -hmm. um, it still was like oh no oh my gosh um, yeah yeah I loved that and I I, I was just also going to say how many different writers did they have for the the arc because regardless, I'm sure it was several, um, there were different directors, right? Mm -hmm. So I just, I, they did an amazing job at keeping it cohesive, even with the change of directors for them. I think they really kept it pretty seamless with the characterization and the way they directed it all the way through to where you mm -hmm. couldn't really see a big difference. Um, it felt good. It felt solid. Um, even though it yeah. was sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I loved that. Um, I was gonna just bring up from the beginning of the episode um, with Nemec, the scene with Nemec and Cassian, because going back, retrospect is everything. Um, mm -hmm. And listening to those lines, the dialogue between them again, it's just hits you so much harder on a second yeah. rewatch because um, there's just several things that Nemec says and Cassian says that really make you go oh my gosh I think Nemec says something like um I have my own faith so why am I unsettled and why are you so like able to yeah. sleep so soundly and I just that I thought that was interesting sorry that line reminded me of the first episode Casa when Cassian kills the the corpos and then we the next clip is of him sleeping yeah He's just I don't know able if that to... has 
yeah no no that's a great like connection because it's so mm. we've seen it and now we've seen someone say you know say how he can just yeah sleep and yeah I mean I'm assuming that that I mean obviously it's telling about Cassian as a person but then you have to think well why is he able to be like that and then you have to think well he was in prison for three years he was he like probably was paranoid to a point I mean he was probably paranoid for a lot of his life because he you know dangers all around him but he also knew he needed to actually sleep no matter what was going on in his brain so yeah. I'm sure that that's like developed as he grew and um yeah yeah I and then his his well you'll sleep when it's over line oh uh, <laughs> he he is sleeping forever oh uh, stop <laughs> I, I'm I not laughing so at them. <laughs> it's how I no, deal with the pain. It's okay. It's the levity. You have to have levity to actually yeah. like get through it. But um, I really enjoyed. See, my favorite part of this arc was Nemec and Cassian's relationship. And I've been thinking a lot about Nemec and how similar he kind of is to like his views, at least, are to Saw's. I get like a very similar vibe, essentially. I, I hate using that word, but I, for lack of a better one. But it's interesting because I've been thinking a lot like about that and how like the rebellion's views, you know, kind of branched out and altered and like me melded. And it's just interesting to see it happen in real time in the show. Yes. It's also interesting to think about like, you know, the ghost crew, just to bring them up and how like they're on their own journey at that time. And like, saw in the partisans and like, just to bring it up like Jin and it's like all branched out, but then somehow they meet together and then more branching out. It's just interesting because it makes me think of the line like everybody has their own personal rebellion because yes there's like a solid set like the rebellion like we think Yavin 4 and like pilots but then we think of like how everyone has their own view of the rebellion and like Nemec was very adamant that Cassian sees his not in a way to like convince him but in a way yeah to convince him to show him that like there is something worth fighting for outside of ourselves yeah for sure no and I and speaking to that you know how they're all sort of fragmented right now and we've got mm -hmm. these few key players who are trying to like pull the strings and pull them all together yeah. um, into one cohesive unit and some of these people have no idea that that's what's happening um mm -hmm. and it, I think when this is all said and done, when Andor's over, um, being able to watch Rebels again and see, um, especially just like, especially the part where Mon Mothma calls all of the Rebel cells, she basically is like a rallying cry to call them all together to actually form a proper alliance. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to show any other fractured cells that Cassian maybe has to reach out to or deal with throughout the series not even just this season but maybe through the next mm -hmm. um so that because i'm sure that they're going to be showing not just 
Cassian's life, but through his life show how the rebellion gets to the point it is basically at Rogue One, A New Hope. And mm -hmm. so with this Aldani arc, that's just one, that's just one example of the way that like the rebellion is starting to actually like gain its strength and make moves like real moves you know yeah. <laughs> um yeah so yeah and i so yeah nemic like i really do feel like he does have a lot of um there's a lot of echoing between him and saw um mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because he is so gentle or you know he has like a gentle spirit mm -hmm. and then you juxtapose that to saw who has a much more steely uh spirit um and it's just so cool to see that two very different beings, two very different people have the same core, like idealism. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, that just shows how there's this common thread through the rebellion. Doesn't matter who you are or what your cape, like what your capabilities are, you know, that's, there's this common thread and that's the thread they're all going to be like pulled into, you know, yeah. woven into, mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, that's so cool. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I still on the topic of Nemec, it, it's interesting because his character, I feel like also has a lot of fragments of the characters we know in Rogue One. Like, I feel like he, I feel like he's Chirrut and I feel like he's Bodhi. And I feel like both, I also see like a little Jin in him I, I i just feel like he like when cassian in rogue one is like surrounded by all of these people he's like reminded of this he's reminded of the beginning if that makes sense his beginning at least yeah it uh, does yeah because these people are at their beginnings like the not the beginnings of their own rebellion but the beginning of a rebellion outside of themselves yeah so I think, yeah, I I don't know. I, I just feel like this episode was a little bit more poetic than I first, but like when I first watched it, I, I was like pretty shell-shocked. But then like yeah. the second time around and after, you know, like seeing the influences from, you know, reading other people's opinions and stuff. As, besides from the more obvious ones, like Lenetic's climb compared to K2's oh, climb. That was that hurt. a stab to the chest but oh. somebody pointed out in that specific scene so like Nemec was the one who like was the most passionate about the eye and like the the whole event in itself and he was not facing the direction of it he couldn't see any of it yeah and, and you could read it. into that you could read into that it's like you know some some great thought thinkers some great great minds never get to see their what yeah. yeah and so he didn't but Cassian did and then he gets Nemec's manifesto and he will get to carry it on oh and I was thinking about what the Donnie said to Gorn when he said may the eye remain open long enough to see the good in you oh yeah I don't, I feel like I don't have anything to follow up with that. It's just such no, a point of Yeah, it speaks, speaks for, for itself. And then <sighs> I was also thinking the whole with the whole Nemec not being able to see the event, like the eye of Aldani. It was that 
uh, Nemec and stuff, they sometimes the people who put the most effort into a war or like into something, like you said, similar uh, lines, same line as this, but they don't get to see the like war is unfair essentially and I feel yes. like this episode really uh capitalized on that was that yeah. it, it's it's like Gorn Gorn was there for seven years uh you know lost his lover and then like lost his love for the empire and then this like Aldani rebel cell group comes and he essentially like is their leader in a way they're their inside man he plans essentially this whole mission, make sure make sure it goes well for them, you know, does everything in his power to make each step as like simple as possible. And then he is one of the first to go. Yeah. So it's like Nemec. Nemec made the whole uh you know physical map, like the 3D yeah, you know, location setup. And the first to go, like Terramin, uh planned out like all the, you know, the, you know, battle tactics and like, this is how you hold a weapon, I'm sure. And like, probably like taught them. Yeah. And then again, it, it's really upsetting. And, and, and it's, well, it's, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and on top of that, you know, you get the lovers separated, you get Vel and Cinta separated. Yeah. So it's like, there's, that's just one other thing on top of everything else you know also how sometimes battles like although won they're not always celebrated and you're not always the hero I think of Luke with the Death Star and when it exploded after he had destroyed it uh, he comes back to base and like people are celebrating him and like the destruction of it and and but to that was a devastating event I read that it was like 1.7 million people died. Uh, There were 250,000 civilians on board. And then compared to uh, the Aldani mission, it's, there were casualties, but not as severe as that. And I'm not trying to compare. I think I'm just trying to say like, sometimes you're not always going to be celebrated and the fallout of, success can still weigh heavy weigh as heavy as a loss would I think yeah yeah because yes you it's the whole like the personal rebellion thing like did did this make me feel better or did it make some bigger cause yeah yeah Yeah, definitely because you know you think like Luke has the weight of all of the the I mean he'd make he's the one that pulled the trigger Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so then all these people died. Yes, it was, you know, objectively probably the right thing to do, obviously, because the Death Star Mm -hmm. could have just kept destroying planets. But then, yes, also, you know, you're on a mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he's like, he has this weight probably on him. And I'm sure it's, I'm pretty sure that's been explored in some cases. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to say some canon stuff. But, and if not, they should. Um, (laughs) It would be really cool. It would. And then... But yeah, you're right. Then with like a smaller mission, you still, yeah, you might have succeeded, but like you still killed people or there were people with you who died. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's actually, it's very, it's very real and human. Like this, mm-hmm. this is very, um, 
applicable to anybody who's gone over and and had to be in combat and then come back with like the same sort of weight was like oh it was for the greater good it was for my country but like you still did things that you know would probably hurt your hurt you inside so Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really great point to bring up because I think a lot of times that's like lost in just like yeah I think it's lost on people sometimes and uh the whole the whole, the whole, you know, betrayal. Uh, I, for lack of a better word, let's just call it a betrayal at the end. Luthen says in episode three, yes, no, episode four. Luthen says in episode four, um, when Vel is like, the team will fall apart. And he's like, well, then it's not much of a team, is it? And I think that that was in a way foreshadowing because the team did fall apart. It, it's just, funny because well not funny but it's funny because in four and five you know we get to know these characters yes on a surface level but like we see their camaraderie and how they are with each other and uh the whole scene where they're kind of like around the campfire having a drink together and then having I guess that was milk in the morning (laughs) and we find out that you know Vel and Senta are a couple and that you know Terramin and Val work well together so we get to know these characters and we're like okay like they're a pretty solid team but then but then bad things happen and and it shows the real how real it is to how we react in very serious situations and I'm I'm sure that Skeen I don't know if he had this in his mind from the beginning five months is a really long time to be with this group of people yeah and like plan to just betray them in the end but (laughs) no I I I think you're right though like I think that I think that he maybe didn't have I don't think he had this plan from the beginning me neither I think that he saw he he wanted to save Nemec I don't know if that was a genuine thing I, I do think that he cared about these people but he saw that the team fell apart and he wanted to take advantage of that yeah for sure he he thought that that Cassian would have done the same and we know Cassian we know that he wouldn't do that but Skeen didn't know that he he sees this guy that's kind of similar to him in a way and thought that he would think similarly but we all react very differently so I just thought it was interesting because the characters that I like least expected to kind of frazzle, get frazzled about this mission did. Like I was very shocked yeah. about Belle, but it did seem for a while that she was all talk, if that makes sense. No, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, Because she... Cause that's all she could really do. I mean, how do you prove yourself to somebody? How do you prove that you're actually capable if no one is seen? I mean, cause they were just there. I mean, they were there for five months, but they didn't do anything to the level that they had to do in the end. So how yeah. were the rest of them to know how she would be in the, in the crucial moment when they needed yeah. her to be who they needed her to be. And so th- that, that moment where she's with Cinta on the dam and they're going to jump and they're just waiting for her to give the go. Um, and you're seeing ah, her, her acting. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it was, it was pretty wild. It was, impressive. it was amazing. It was perfectly, she perfectly conveyed 
that fear. anxiety and fear. fear. Yeah. Yeah. The like oh my God. the the want to just give up because it's easier, I think. She yeah. really conveyed that. And Cinta, I think, did a good job like breaking her back down to earth or to Albani. <laughs> but um yeah, I, Bell Bell's leadership kind of reminds me a lot of I suppose Mon. I can't think of any other leaders right now, but I feel like her words are what's powerful. I have no doubt that we're gonna see Bell have like a change of uh like like a perspective change, I think. Uh that's what Faye said in a recent interview that Star Wars dot com posted or whatever or the twitter the star wars twitter i don't know i i I don't have a solid opinion on vel yet i I like her i think that she i think that she her story obviously is not done yeah so yeah this was a a a, yeah this was rough for her rough for all (laughs) of them um i i've seen people going kind of to cinta um she was she was a badass she She is badass and I'm really glad that she made it out and I know that we're gonna see her again so I'm excited I'm really happy about that um but man like what a sacrifice to just be willing to stay behind yeah like that's that's scary she knew she could have just died easily that they they just left her and she was all alone and um some people were saying that they thought that Cinta um basically took care of the hostages like she killed them that's but I we just have, don't feel like that yeah go ahead I was just about to say we have no. such a high high mind because I wanted to bring the same thing up but oh well well I want to hear what you have to say about it first well I just I I want to say that she wouldn't do that and that that's not that she would have respected the original plan of like you know because she saw she knew that they escaped mm-hmm. and Vel had made it clear like if they got out and escaped that the hostages would be let free so I think that Cinta would have honored that and yeah. let them go because Cinta didn't know how badly things had gone wrong so she, for all she knew, everybody escaped just fine. I mean, she saw the ship leave. So, um, and it was, a, so that's a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't, I want to say she wouldn't have done that. And I think her like distraught or just her, her general expression at the end, the last shots you see of her were because of, you know, like seeing the eye, but also knowing like, you know, she's left behind and that was the plan but you know it's still hard yeah I think that them leaving it kind of open for interpretation to the audience gives like it it gives both sides of the story in like a silent way like what exactly what you just said I won't repeat it but then also the other side is that like sometimes people make decisions based off of what they think is right is it right yes or no um but let's say Cinta did kill them. If she did, then I think that her thought process was probably, you know, I'm this lone rebel on this planet that's, you know, taken over, that's been taken over by these Imperials. And 
I have a corporal's wife and child with me. I think he was a corporal. I can't, I can't remember his title, but Ma um, major. Gosh, <laughs> I don't I think remember. he was a major. I think he was a major, but whatever. <laughs> I think yeah. But and then we have we have basically like the equivalent of like a door guard, and she was like, one of them could be. Uh, what's that called? A like a a witness. A, no, yeah, like a witness, like a tattletale, essentially. So whichever, I guess if she did kill them, I don't think it would have been out of evil intent. I think that she would have done it for her safety. Like yeah. Cassian with, with, with- I was going to say. Yeah, with uh, Te Tevik in Rogue One. It, it, it was, did he want to kill Tevik? No. Was it the right decision? in his mind it had to have been because how else would he have gotten out so yeah. I think that it was they, the way they left it open was good I feel like if so if she did um basically yeah if she did kill them um then that would make the news that much like worse Mm -hmm. So, like, imagine you the scenes where we see the Senate getting the news of the attack on Aldani, yeah, and then also the the man in Luthen's uh, shop. shop. Yeah, um, it, I mean, if like it's like, oh yeah, all these people dead, even the major's wife and son, like that's really bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so that would just make it all the worse. Um, I, I really, I think personally for me, I just, I really hope she didn't. <laughs> um, I hope she didn't too. Yeah. I feel I like it would that... just be, it would just be bait for like people who have been hating and saying shit about the rebels that don't make any sense. <laughs> just basically yeah. trying to make the, I don't know if anybody has seen it or read about it, but like, there's just been a lot of discourse, uh, literally just about the rebellion <laughs> And the decisions that they have to make in situations like that. And it, yeah, I I don't even have anything to say about that besides stupid. Yeah, because obviously <laughs> they're, you know, the Empire is this huge fascist, like, regime. And yeah. basically everything about them is wrong. And so I understand, like, I get that there are gray areas. Like, mm -hmm. there are things that either side, well... I mean, there's things that could be done that you can go, I don't, that was pretty harsh or whatever. But at yeah. the same time, in a situation like that, I don't think that that's valid. And I really don't think that there has been really any situations um, with the rebellion where they've committed some horrible act that wasn't justified um, because war is hell and war is not fair. And um, everything that happens in a war Yes, in retrospect, you can go, oh, that was so wrong. But in the moment that they happen, um, in a lot of cases, you don't, it's not like they could consciously make that decision of like, like it, that it was e an easy decision to make. Um, yeah. I don't think any decision made in war is an easy decision because you think about the weight that each respective answer that you give to every decision, how it's not just affecting the group of people around you it's also affecting civilians and uh like lives that are being 
lived and yeah. it's difficult like I'm sure that the 250,000 or however many civilians that were on the Death Star they had maybe they were like kids or and they had no I, I think it was her name June in Lost Stars oh my gosh yeah yeah I think her name was June I can't remember it's been so long since we've read it but yeah I think about her and how she was a genuinely good person no I, I understand where you're going with it because it, it's just it's hard like yeah there's so many gray areas so I wanted to mention um bring up the Aldani people I loved how um they were coming into their valley their sacred valley despite the empire's presence and despite like in their physical presence because the empire did everything they could to prevent them from coming to their sacred place and then even when they got there the empire like put their physical presence there in the crowd of people like they had those soldiers there in the crowd and I thought that was so sinister honestly for them to basically be like un I mean obviously they're unwelcome guests like the or not even guests but like the empire is unwelcome to them they don't like them because of all the oppressing that they've done to them but they are a proud people like the major was saying and I think that they they like you could see that they were above what the empire was trying to do to them um that even though that they were there among them they weren't gonna let that bother like they weren't gonna let that actually like bother them and stop them from um experiencing a moment that was very sacred to them and I I I just thought that was so beautiful the shots of the people celebrating and um watching with the Imperials at the end you could see that the Imperials faces were almost just the same as the Aldani people's faces which just really goes to show you know like it didn't have to be that way you know something so gorgeous and beautiful and powerful can make people just on the same level or like playing field I don't know how to explain what I'm saying but it just goes to show that like there's no there didn't have to be this um difference between them there didn't have to be like on a personal level person to person you know if take the empire out of the equation like they're just all the same you know um and so it just makes it that much more frustrating that the empire has um is so powerful and has um basically like brainwashed or normalized their oppression across the board to all the people that are involved in it or most of the people that are, are involved in it of course Gorn gets disillusioned and sees the truth but I just thought that was a really I just thought it was so cool and so beautiful how they showed that um and the Aldani people's like uh clothing it was so beautiful and I thought it was seeing their native dress opposed to the stark similar um sameness of the empire and how they try to like make everybody um drones basically you know what i mean um compared to the individualism and the the traditionalism of of the aldani's 
heritage and, and everything. I just thought it was such a cool juxtaposition, a visual juxtaposition. Um, and I mean, that's all apparent as you're watching it, but I just thought to say it because it just really struck me, especially on a second rewatch when you're watching them come up the valley to their sacred spot. Um, I just, that was just a really beautiful part of the episode, I thought. Aside from the eye itself, oh my gosh, that was amazing. That, I also thought with like the imperial presence around the Donnie, um, they burned the pelt in front of them. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really, really sick and cool. Yeah. I was so glad that they did that. And I also was thinking about, as you were talking, kind of made me think about how, you know, the rebel cell was with the uh, imperial leadership as they were speaking of the Donny and like, they won't be a problem for much longer or something like that. And I wonder what Cassian was thinking in that moment because of the like removal from his home. And now these Donnies were are also migrants like he is so I just want I wish that we could hear inside of his head (laughs) oh I'm sure he I'm sure he was up I'm sure he that gave him a lot of fuel for the mission probably I mean and he heard a little bit about it with Vel um in episode four when they were hiking up to where the uh encampment was because she was explaining to him what happened to the Aldani people and it was it's so telling that Cassian first thought was that the empire killed them all yeah that's yeah like he didn't that was his first thought so oh um i wanted to quickly mention before we move on towards the end to finish the episode off um i i think my only real um sticking point about this episode and i do understand that like this the episode was meant to make us feel <laughs> a lot and it that did. sacrifices were <laughs> yeah i know like sacrifices were gonna have to be made people were gonna die um and i totally get that i just really wish that i just really wish Terramin had survived and i know that you yeah. specifically were bringing this up to me earlier um yeah i i, I, I don't think that he should yeah what what I brought up to Lynn's today, and I tweet, tweeted about it today, but I didn't really go much into depth, but I think that Terraman surviving should have happened. <laughs> but I had said something along the lines of Terraman surviving, going with them to that, you know, backwater planet, and then Terraman seeing Skeen, uh betray the team essentially I think would have been a really poignant scene if Terramin was the one that got to kill Skeen and like let Cassian go essentially and and uh Mo brought this up and Mo always brings up the best points but the one the one criticism that I have towards Andor and I know a lot of other people feel this way is it it is sad to see that the two you know men of color were the first to die and it's it's sad because star wars is a white franchise and there's no denying that no matter how many people want to say that it's not um you know we we diego said this in an interview a while ago that we are used to seeing white heroes 
um like just throwing a name out there but like obi-wan and again um the jedi were pre- pre- predominantly white <laughs> the ones who were people of color were were covered in makeup or prosthetics and it's sad but it's happened in the past and i'm sure it'll hopefully star wars i think has been showing growth especially with recently they you know changed the name of the article they use latinx rather than latin american and that while it's small it is a large step because it means that star wars is listening and i think listening is there's a difference between listening and hearing and I do think that they're listening and I think that they want to grow. And, you know, we have a, a Latin American lead and and we have a woman of color, two of them in Andor. And, but I do think that it's sad that when we get people of color, like, uh, forgive me for pronouncing her name incorrectly, but Farada and then um, Adria, like we're worried that they're gonna die. And it's sad yeah. because we get these like really beautiful it, like deep characters like Cinta and and Bix and Gorn and Terramin and we get like a fraction of of who they are and we want to know more and they just like are 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 taken away from us too soon I think and and I wish yeah, yeah. I I when it comes yeah I I have thoughts about that too. And and my thoughts basically, my thoughts echo yours completely. Um, uh, It, it just, it's disappointing, um, especially when you can see a different end, you can see a different way that things could have gone. Um, And also it's like, why not? Like, why did they have to die? And then, you know, the others get to live and then when you think about it though with this episode i mean gorn and terramin died being heroes um nemec died being a hero and then yeah skeen survived this white man survived but he was an asshole and he got himself killed so then yeah. in the end you only have vel and cinta and cassian coming out of it and uh, yeah i it's hard because it's like yes we want this diversity yes we love to see it but then when it just gets like, you know, you want to latch onto these characters because you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, there's people that we can like, you know, um, yeah, like people, and then <laughs> and then they're gone. Yeah, like like I, I rem- I'll never forget watching the Force Awakens trailer and like, like, then we we had like a black lead in Star Wars and and yes, we had Lando and another character that is so often put on the back burner I feel like Lando I just feel like is never appreciated the way that he should be and yeah. it's really sad and Finn as well I, I think that Finn Finn's story would have been so poignant if they had done what what everybody wanted them to do essentially which I think was force sensitive Finn it's been a while since I've interacted with anything sequels. I but... think that I believe that they basically confirmed that though. It just wasn't is. Touched, touched upon in the way that it should have been, I think. 
Oh yeah. I mean, in the yeah. in the film itself, you know, which everybody consumes, everybody's yeah. gonna see that movie. But no, like not everybody's gonna read the novelization. Or like and then read the the little yeah. things that the Star Wars um peoples put out. Oh yeah, he that's what he meant. He meant that he's force sensitive, but it's like, okay, well, where's your follow-up on that? That that's <laughs> Tell what's us sad. More. That's what's sad is that it's just become like a side thing. Like we have this beautiful story that Finn is force sensitive and and then we get it in like a blip of an article online. And it's like, yeah, it's canon, but it's just like not. Like like Jana wasn't and I'm sorry if I said her name wrong again. It's been a while since I've like interacted with anything sequels, but isn't she Lando's kid? I thought that that was what it, I think so. But we didn't Which, know that until it was like released later in like a book of some sort. They're like, oh yeah, you're glad that we have these characters exist. We'll tell you more now, now that we know that you like them. Yeah, that's yeah. so sad. I don't know. That's so I mean, I, it is sad. <laughs> I am glad though, because like with those, with uh, Rise of Skywalker specifically, um, with the different you know finn being force sensitive uh janna being apparently lando's daughter we could be i'm so sure that that's what it was i remember um, that yeah i'm glad that that because the decisions those decisions i think were made sort of out i mean outside of the movie by whoever made by the people that made the movie um and so i am glad that star wars decided to give them more like sort of support them more and give them more backstory more lore um i do appreciate it but i just wish that it was in a media form that more people consumed so like a show or something like that um because i think i don't have as much love for the sequels as anything else in star wars but i feel like it's a disservice to the sequels to not expand upon them more than they have has been yeah. I, we're just going going into our I know <laughs> going into the our sequels uh issues but, but um yeah I, I I I Finn deserved better Val from Solo deserved better Terraman Gorn I it's sad that there is a list of names but I I think that I I do have faith and hope because <laughs> that's what Star Wars is about um <laughs> that things will get better i basically yeah. just said Hera's line <laughs> <laughs> you did you did um moving on did you have anything oh, else you wanted uh, to say oh no i was gonna ask you uh where do you think cassian's going from here okay well the ending was i think symbolism for everyone's stories are now finally coming together because mon finds out Dedra ends up being right I was rooting for her in that moment I was like (laughs) yeah girl like show them who's boss (laughs) but but yeah everyone's story is now coming together and I think that so I know for a fact that we go to Ferex in episode 7 but I have no idea what will happen after that I know that we get Melshi eventually I know he goes to jail (laughs) <laughs> I know well, that we see Bix uh, running. 
Well, did we hear today or recently um, Tony Gilroy said something about episode seven yes. being sort of a standalone or you could call it a standalone? Yeah. Um, this is my hope. I hope that Cassian went and got that ship out of the barn and took it from that dude and then like <laughs> puttered along back to Ferrix and then he's going to like go and get a shower. He's going to like sit down with his oh, mom. Oh yeah, because we still have those two showers. <laughs> yes infamous shower scenes that are supposed to occur so diego confirmed i think it was around d23 that we would be getting two shower scenes and since episode one we have been saying okay this episode we're getting the shower scene okay this episode we're getting i had a slip up on news Andor where i thought i was on my private account and <laughs> I have the screenshots to prove it. <laughs> I was on News Andor, and I had posted, <laughs> I posted a screenshot of Cassian, and I was like, "This is the shower scene." Source, trust me. <laughs> but it's so funny because it was News Andor, but then I realized, oh my that gosh. I realized that a lot of people have and or news's uh, notifications on and a lot of people caught me. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I was like, oh, what the, oh, this isn't, this isn't right. <laughs> I should have kept it up. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then and when then it somebody, didn't come true. <laughs> yeah, somebody was like, uh somebody was like doesn't Diego follow you <laughs> yeah that would have been hilarious okay. oh I'm my gosh my I know but no it was funny we're gonna look back on these times and and have a another cackler too yeah when we're um, like old and still talking yeah we'll be like Star oh. Wars, annoying our partners <laughs> honestly I don't but, see it ever going away <laughs> but Tony did Rewinding, Tony did say standalone episode seven, arc eight, nine, ten, finale, eleven and twelve. Which is I love that concept. I'm totally uh, here for it. I think we need this break. Me too. I think we need Captain <laughs> being a little mundane for a while. <laughs> I truly hope that next episode is just like a, a little bit of warmth after the I hope so too. The, yeah. I want his mom. Uh, I want him, him to like be. a stew. We can move on because this week was the look. I'm not a comic person, but this week was the release of the High Republic 2022 episode book one issue one issue one. <laughs> oh my gosh! But did you read it? I did not, and I was just going to ask you what your yeah. thoughts were. What okay, did you I, feel about it? Was it good? It was. See, I've never dabbled in the High Republic and they kind of, they did a little like Rogue One bait on me where it's on Jedha. Um, So of course I fell for the bait because I'm a weak link, but um, <laughs> no, it, it was good. There was a, I, the, okay, spoilers. There, there's like this weird turning point that kind of threw me off guard. So it's, I'll do another spoiler warning but um so Master Mac goes to Jeddah and at the beginning it's like a lot of people 
come here to renew and restore, which there was like a lot of rogue oneism in that quote, but I won't get into that. But um, we like move on and he meets Maddie who has my entire soul. She really does. She <laughs> grabbed me by the soul and she's not letting go. <laughs> but she's so <laughs> cute. She's like the other protagonist in this is- issue. But um, Jedi Master Mac just dies. And I don't know what's going to happen, but he just like, I was like, we get him for one issue. <laughs> and I like, I don't know anything about comics and I'm so sorry. I probably sound, I feel like Hayden Gosh. is going to listen to this and just like roll over. <laughs> but I <laughs> was like, wait, I was like, I had to like turn the page back. I was like, why is he dead? Like, why did he just die? <laughs> He gets into this like kerfuffle and he, this guy like puts his hand on his chest and he just drops dead in front of Maddie. And then it like transitions so smoothly into the next story. I guess like a parallel one. It's Olivia, another Jedi. I, I can't remember if she's a Padawan or not. But I was like, wait, go back. Like, Jedi. <laughs> why are you dead (laughs) i know it was so weird i was like reading it and i was like oh another character for me to get obsessed a grumpy old man for me to get obsessed with he's like 51 he's from kafar (gasps) oh yeah and oh i love that so i was like oh he's so grumpy and and he had like a moment on the transport with this like really cute um uh like lizard species and she was like what are you here for and I was like stop I love him already he like gets along well <laughs> with oh, all the no. I was like oh my gosh I'm obsessed with him and then him and Maddie she's not his padawan but wow I feel like you could just hear how illiterate I am in the high republic but that's okay we all have to start somewhere. <laughs> yes. I know I'm reading Path of Deceit right now, and that's my first foray into the High Republic. And I'm just like, I have, I feel like I've been like taken off of my little tiny island of like yes. knowledge of Star Wars. Like, I think I know everything. And then, like, I was like taken and brought and like dumped in the middle of the ocean. Yes. That, right, Nemo. That is a reference to, I think, a character that dies in the ocean in the higher public. Oh. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I think it's Stellan. Yeah, he dies. So I feel like I was dropped into the ocean and I don't know what's going on. There's some things that I recognize, some things that I don't, but I'm I'm having fun. Um I wanted to also mention that we got like a super beautiful cover for the Mandalorian issue four by oh, Phil Noto. Yes. Wow, I can't believe we're talking oh. about comics. What the heck? This is a crossover okay, but... episode of Kessel Run already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to bring, there's like, I wanted to bring that up because it's so gorgeous. And, it's, it's you know, it's something the, it's, new. It's the shot of Mando and O'Mara when she's about to take off yes. his helmet. Which is, it's a really, you really own cover. Oh yeah. man, I need to get it. I'm hoping to get it tomorrow. I failed to snag it a couple, like last weekend. But, um, you just all you have to know is that it's by Phil Noto, and you'll know it's beautiful. There really is no—you uh, don't even have to say what it is. If it's Phil Noto, 
it's gorgeous (laughs) but no yes what is star wars comics if not phil noto ism yes yes he is amazing and i hope that we have him for a long time because i don't think anything could ever top his amazingness but you can tell that we just love him so much uh i was also going to mention we got um because i read this um this week uh I read it was Star Wars 2020 issue 28. We got Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is whatever, but we got him in uh and <laughs> we a love black Luke Skywalker. Imperial- <laughs> we do. But like we got him in an imperial uniform, all black with a cap. Oh my gosh. And he- and so like he gets dropped on Coruscant by these pathfinders. Um because at first Hera's like you need to go with the pathfinders and he's like no. I need to go and like be sneaky. He was good. He's pulling a Cassian, really. Um, and so the Pathfinders drop him off. And one of them is like, you, you look good in black, sir. <laughs> and he's like, ooh, ooh. thanks. <laughs> and then he, like, gives her his lightsaber. And she's like, oh, it was a girl. Uh, and he's like, keep this safe. Oh. Yeah, she, he's like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like. I wish they would just let Luke Skywalker be gay. I'm so sorry. I know it's it's disappointing. You're talking. It's disappointing. Okay. Continue. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's like, uh, this this part, uh, hold, bear with me. So he okay. hands her a lightsaber. He's like, keep this safe for me. I and she's like, don't you need it? And he's like, no, I I don't need it. Where I'm going, it would just be just like if someone found it on me, it would be bad. And then, like, he turns around and he's like, I just need to find some stormtroopers. And he's like, kind of like puts his like cap down or whatever, or like bows his head. He's all snarky. And it just made me think of like the CSI Miami, like the title song where it's like, yeah, in the background. <laughs> it just like walks off. He's like, I got this. Um, but yeah, he did, he did have it handled. He was amazing in the episode. And then at the end, because he went to go rescue some people. Sorry, the issue, issue, we suck so much. (laughs) Castlevania is gonna (laughs) eviscerate us. Um, (laughs) but no, I swear I read these comics, I I promise. But um, at the end, he is talking to Mom Mothma and Akbar and Hera, and (laughs) he he's like so basically the people he rescued had information and the information was that a second death star is being built and he drops that on rebel <laughs> command and the, the picture the panel of their faces <laughs> the panel of their faces is so funny i'm sorry I keep thinking of the tweet where it was that picture and it was like when you tell Rebel Command that you peed it and shit it and farted. <laughs> oh, you're like Akbar's little like open mouth. Hera's like, oh my gosh. And Mon Mothma looks scandalized. And and, uh, and then like Mon Mothma's like just flashed. like they looked very shocked. And obviously for good reason. Um but yeah, and then like Mama Mothma like takes a second to compose herself, and then she's all smiling and she's like, "We we've did it once, we could do it again." <laughs> she's like trembling with. Her. <laughs> she's, she's like, like tr- literally like, <laughs> "We did it last that. time. <laughs> we destroyed one Death Star, we can destroy another." Which I, I really hope. Yeah, 
everybody wants like a Star Wars what if, but I think that we genuinely need a Star Wars office. Like, yes. can you imagine that? Like, this, a comedy, this... please. <laughs> okay, I need it. Taika Waititi is not allowed to direct it. Here's no. It. Oh yeah. no, not hearsay. I hereby declare. <laughs> I don't know. I I I think there. I think that we could get someone. I think that someone else might be better. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, sorry, sorry to slander. Sorry, to say sorry. sorry to Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for like screwing up how to talk about comics. Sorry for slightly shitting slandering. On Taiko, oh, okay. um, yeah, slightly slandering, not shitting. On <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so I just I hope that um, issue twenty nine uh, mentions Galen or Jin because they're talking about the second Death Star. You gotta mention, you just gotta mention them. So there, it's their it's their impact, and like yeah. their impact, we have an impact on Twitter. <laughs> we don't. That was flawless. We don't. We just have accounts. But if you want to follow them, Lens goes by at a cosmic love on Twitter, and I go by at Jin Casa on Twitter. Literally nowhere else. That's what I've been saying. But <laughs> you can also follow the podcast Twitter, which is Stardust Records with no O at the end because I hit the character limit in the username. <laughs> but yeah, you can find us here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts every Saturday. So we'll see you next week for hopefully to report that we got a mundane and or episode <laughs> in the shower scene. Oh, please. <laughs> please. Manifesting. All right. Nikki, Cassian, and or commencing <laughs> now. <laughs>